Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned into the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JZ. JC. I just wanted to switch John it up. John Coleman. I just wanted to switch it up. How you doing, Dio? I'm doing fantastic. We're back in the studio back office. Back in the studio office. Yes, those previous two episodes we got to do live and on location at the Hyatt Grand Cypress in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Fun time. Where we are at the 67th annual Mortgage Bankers Convention. Yeah, it was a great time. It was, that was pretty yeah, cool, was wasn't awesome. it? Yeah, it was time. well attended. Yep. Um, I loved both episodes. Mm, like both episodes absolutely rocked out. By the way, your promo oh. that you did. Don't be that guy or gal but, at the bar. When we talk about how to properly attend conferences and conventions, you threw it up on IG. I don't know if you put it on TikTok, mm-hmm. but dude, oh, awesome. Yeah, it's going to go on awesome. the talk. Yeah, it's going to go on the talk. Yeah, of course, yeah. Cool. Um, so we're going to jump right into it today. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, we don't have time. Okay. To muddle around, pitter-patter, get caught up, okay. how's life? Wow, no, I like this. I like no, we this. got, we like got some this. serious business to talk about. Okay. Private mortgage insurance. Oh, yes. Oh, did I lose you already? Okay, no, 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 no. This is the truth behind PMI. This is why PMI is a good thing. Okay. Hey, there's some people tuning in. They're going to love us for this show. Okay. Let's just like, I'm going to throw out some, some quick shout-outs. Okay. Right? We got Dawn Henshaw, her boss, Bob. They're with Enact. Enact is formerly Genworth Mortgage Insurance. We have our girl Randy at Radian. We have Teresa Angelo with Arch Mortgage Insurance. We have the fine folks with MGIC and our friends. I mean, we partied with them last yeah. week. We we quote unquote networked with Networking them. Networking event. I'm talking about the folks over at National MI with Mark Evans, Robert Villon, Wreck It Ralph. Wreck it, Ralph. Ralph. Yeah, I can't forget about Re- Ralph. Wreck it, Ralph. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Ralph. Oh, yeah. Right. Who else do we have? Dr. Bruce, although he's not a national MI mm-hmm. um, uh, employee. He was still there. He was brought in to speak by National MI. We've had Dr. Bruce on this show about uh, about a year ago now. Yeah. It probably was. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and shout out to our friends with National MI. The mortgage insurance companies are going to love this episode. Okay. That's why we want to shout okay, them out. Okay, nice. I got you. Right? Loan officers, you're going to love this show. Realtors, you're going to love this show. Builders, you're going to love this show. And finally, guess who else is going to love it? Well, you and I. You and I are going to love it because we love doing this. Okay. But no, anyone who is a soon-to-be homeowner or a current homeowner okay. who has never truly understood PMI, or maybe you thought PMI was evil, and we're here to tell you, mm, not so much. Yeah. Okay. Not so much. Okay. But we have some business to attend to um, first. I thought you were going to forget, and I was like, we're going to dive right into it, but no. No, no, no. I already mentioned it, how you crush it on Instagram. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, if you're trying to follow us on our social media platforms, we're everywhere. John Coleman has us up on TikTok. He's on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We're even on LinkedIn yeah. at the Loan Officer Podcast. That's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, If you are currently tuned in on YouTube watching us, I have two things for you. One, John Coleman promises to get better cameras in the future so that it doesn't fade to the title slate, to, to the title slate about two-thirds of the way through. Yeah. We're actually going to get some decent cameras that will stay on long enough to catch the entire. The entirety of the episode. Because apparently people like seeing our faces the entire time. Yes. Apparently you like to be watched as much as heard. And and we've had some people reach out to us and, and a listener or viewer who yeah. reached out and said, hey, Love what you do, but man. Why is it cut out? Why is it cut out? I'm like, oh, okay. Well, it cuts out because our cameras only go 30 minutes. Yeah. And sometimes our episodes go longer than 30 minutes. Correct. All right, but if but if you are tuned in on YouTube, please know you can also listen to us 
on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, or really anywhere else that you tune into podcasts. Correct. If you're a podcast listener, then you've already found us on one of those mediums. Mm -hmm. But if you ever wanted to watch us, please know we have the entire library up on YouTube. We'd love for you to check us out at the Lone Officer Podcast. We have our own channel. Subscribe. And it's also a great place to um, comment yeah. and and to get questions answered. Yes. And we're going to have that up until when we have TLOP Online built. Yep. And we will have a message board on TLOP Online. Yep. What's really cool about that message board is the idea was born from the comment section on YouTube. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, how can we do something better? Right. Well, let's do a message board. Right. So John Coleman and uh, Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller is a... Uh, web designer. He's also a friend of ours, and he's also a past guest on this show. Yep. Dennis and JC are working on a website, and obviously, I'm going to timestamp this. This is July 2nd of 2021 Damn. is when we're, we are recording it. This will be released the following week, so after July 4th. Um, so if you're tuning in in August or beyond, hopefully the website's already up and running. Yep. It's TLOP online or thelonofficerpodcast.com. All right. Oh, wow. Woo! That's Damn. a lot. That is good, though. You're getting good at that, though. Just smooth. And you do it, you know, I, I, I have not done it 130 times. Yeah. Right? We've only been doing it pretty consistently the past probably months or two. Right, right. All right. So let's go. Okay. PMI. Yes. Private mortgage insurance. Yes. Now, you've been in and around the mortgage industry, John, for a little bit over a year. I do know, you know what yeah. PMI is? PMI is what you have to pay if you don't put more than 20%, at least 20% down on your home? Is yes. That that's a very good explanation. Okay. Now, technically, that's for a conventional loan. Okay. PMI stands for private mortgage insurance. Private mortgage insurance is something that you, the consumer, would pay to protect the lender against you going into default. Mm -hmm. Pretty basic, pretty simple. You can avoid paying PMI on most loan programs, conventional loan programs, if you put 20% down. Now, there are many people who do anything and everything to avoid paying PMI. I don't want to pay PMI. It's bad. I don't want it. It's a waste of money. It is. Why? And I'm not here to disagree with that. Mm. I'm only here to offer other thought processes. Okay. Other ideas yeah. where maybe that's not necessarily so black and white and so true. Mm -hmm. PMI could be a necessity that actually helps someone achieve greater financial freedom or greater wealth building. What? Yes. And this is what I want to talk about today, but I also want to make sure that we're keeping it surface level uh, for those that are brand new to the industry or brand new to home ownership, and they don't know exactly what PMI is. So we're going to start in steps where I'm going to talk about what it is and then why it's not evil and how you can actually get creative and utilize putting less money down in order to, to better yourself in totality uh, in the big scheme of the financial picture or wealth building. Okay. And then it's also good to know that there are certain loan programs like an FHA loan or a VA loan or a USDA loan that have different types of insurances. Mm -hmm. Like an FHA loan, we will get into because FHA does have mortgage insurance. They have an upfront mortgage insurance. They have a monthly mortgage insurance. And there's this like perception that, oh my God, FHA is terrible mm. because their mortgage insurance is forever. And I want to talk about that because FHA is not terrible and the mortgage insurance is forever. But when you're obtaining an FHA loan, you typically aren't thinking about forever. Your thought process is the next three, five or seven years. Mm. So therefore the fact the mortgage insurance is forever is kind of a moot point. Okay. We'll dive into that as well. And then uh, just food for thought, VA loans do not have monthly mortgage insurance. 
VA loans have an upfront fee. This is why a VA loan is one of my favorite financial instruments to originate, but a VA loan is only for veterans. Mm -hmm. So if you're not a veteran or you're not active duty military, then you can't obtain a VA loan. But if you are, regardless if you're buying a $1.5 million home or you're buying a $150,000 condo, you should utilize your VA benefits because you can put zero down mm -hmm. and because it has no monthly mortgage insurance. Mm -hmm. And then there's things like USDA loans, which a USDA loan we've covered before, and we're not gonna get into in this episode. Just know that a USDA loan has some form of a guarantee fee, mm -hmm. some, some form of a payment that you're making to help fund it, but it's way less than typical FHA mortgage insurance or even PMI. Okay. And a USDA loan allows you to put no, no money down. All right. All right. Let's start with what is PMI. So we, we covered it. PMI, private mortgage insurance, is what you have to pay when you're putting less than 20% down. It's an insurance that protects not you, but your lender against you going into default. And the rule of thumb is if you put 20% down, you avoid paying PMI. Now, what is good to know is that you don't have to necessarily pay PMI monthly. You can pay all up front. You could, not in today's market, because today's market is a little bit different, like unique, once in a lifetime. It's a seller's market, but you could theoretically put three or five or 10% down on your home loan, which means you'd have to pay PMI. But instead of paying it monthly, you could pay for it all up front and you could technically utilize a credit from the seller or a credit from the builder to actually cover that cost on your behalf. Is that like paying a lump sum like we have car insurance and you get a discount if you pay it all at lump sum versus monthly or completely different? Similar. I, li I like where you're going with that. Yeah, it's a bit of an analogy. Yes. Instead of paying your, your monthly mortgage insurance every month over the next X amount of years, mm -hmm. because look, you're going to pay monthly mortgage insurance or PMI. You're going to pay that until you reach a certain equity position. Typically, that equity position is a 78% loan to value or when you have 22% equity. You gain equity either by your home going up in value and or a combination of you paying your loan down. Mm -hmm. So PMI on a conventional loan all of those people that I shouted out at all those mortgage insurance mm -hmm. companies, they're going to stand up and champion and rah, rah. Hey, PMI is great because it's not forever. And they're, they're right. PMI is not forever. They're going to bash FHA loans because, oh, FHA, that mortgage insurance is forever. I'm going to tell my friends at the MI companies, hey, slow your roll a little bit, take mm -hmm. a step back. Because mm -hmm. you're right about FHA's mortgage insurance being forever. But let's think about who an FHA borrower is they're typically not going to have that mortgage for more than four or five or six years. So quit trying to scare them into right. this whole forever thing. Question for you. So if you go into, you get a loan, you obtain a loan and you have private mortgage insurance, if you refi before, like in five years, do you still carry over that private mortgage insurance? Well, when you refinance, it's going to be a brand new loan. Okay. And then we're going to look at, we meaning the banks or the lenders are going to look at what's your current equity position, John. Oh, okay. If your current equity position is 80% or lower than no, you will not be required to have mortgage insurance. So yes, many people will refinance for the sole purpose of getting their mortgage insurance removed. Oh. Maybe they can pick up a cheaper interest rate and get their mortgage insurance removed. Mm. But you can actually get your mortgage insurance removed without having to refinance. You could call your servicer and you could tell them that your understanding based on your how the homes are selling in, in your neighborhood and based on what you owe, that you're under a 78% loan to value. At which point your mortgage servicer is going to see how long you've had your loan for, what's your payment history mm -hmm. been like, 
and they're going to talk to you about what your options are in order to get your mortgage insurance removed. Mm -hmm. So if you've been in your loan for two or three years and you've not missed any payments in the past 12 or 24 months, then your servicer may say, well, let us send an appraiser out to your property, at which point, John, you have to pay for that. Mm -hmm. But if the appraiser appraises your home at X amount and you only owe Y amount, then we'll gladly remove your PMI. Mm -hmm. This is what makes PMI not necessarily a bad thing because it can be removed on a conventional loan. Mm. And as I was saying earlier, you don't necessarily have to pay monthly PMI. There are ways for your loan officer to structure a loan for you where possibly you could just buy it out all up front. So instead of spending, I don't know, if you put, if you had good credit and you put just 5% down, so you're buying a $300,000 house mm -hmm. and you're putting 5% down, what's 5% of 300,000, John? It's fifteen thousand dollars. Okay. Thank you. Yep. I got you on that one. Um, you would probably pay somewhere around one hundred and sixty dollars a month in PMI, and you would pay that until you had that certain loan to value because you paid down your loan, or your your home went up in value, or a combination of both. At which point, that one sixty one would be removed mm -hmm. two, three years down the road. But you would pay that one hundred sixty one dollars until that happened, mm -hmm. or until you refinanced, or until you sold the property, bought another property, et cetera. But you don't have to do that. You could actually potentially just pay $5,000 at closing. That's it. Flat. Just one time. Mm. One time. It's, it's a percentage of your loan amount, right? So whether that percentage is 1.2% or 2.3%, it's going to be credit driven. It's going to be risk driven. But you could pay that. Now, you might not have the money, but what if you could negotiate with the seller or the builder like that the they gave you a credit to offset that? Mm. That would allow you to purchase a home and get only put your three or your 5% down and get the lowest payment possible because the builder or the seller gave you a credit to cover the mm. cost of buying out your mortgage insurance. Yeah. Now in today's market, that's gonna be difficult, but next year's market, maybe not so difficult or two years down the road. So my home builder friends who are tuning in or my real estate investor friends who are tuning in that these people sell 20, 30, 40 homes a year or hundreds or thousands of homes a year if you're a home builder, mm -hmm. If you're having difficulty enticing buyers to buy your product and move your product, maybe these are some things that you can do to give yourself a competitive advantage, right? Utilizing the financing to become creative, to make buying in your community or buying your home or your inventory more enticing than the competitor because you have partnered with a lender who knows how to do this. Right. I think it's good for all parties, whether the realtors, builders, loan officers, and consumers, you should know that you can get creative with your mortgage insurance. Hmm. There's ways that you can do what's called split premium. It's a combination of paying it monthly and, and paying it all up front. Hmm. So maybe you pay a little bit up front and then your monthly gets reduced. So in that example I gave of a $300,000 house with putting 5% down or 15 grand down, you could have had a, an option of paying $5,000 up front and you never have mortgage insurance again, mm -hmm. or pay $161 a month until you eventually meet the equity threshold that you need to be to have the mortgage insurance removed. What if you split the difference? I know one of my favorite books by Chris Voss mm -hmm. is never split the difference, yeah. but in this case, maybe you do. In this case, maybe you pay $2,500 uh, up front mm -hmm. and your mortgage insurance may go down to $75 a month. Mm -hmm. It's a way for you to get creative. I think the purpose of this part of the episode is to understand if you're out there originating loans for a living and you don't know how to get creative with MI, reach out to your MI reps, reach out to the folks that support you and your business and have them educate you. 
all those people that I shouted out at the beginning of this episode, they would love nothing more but to spend time mm-hmm. with a loan originator, building a relationship, and teaching them how they can get creative with monthly mortgage insurance. There's even something called lender-paid mortgage insurance. Like, I, I use myself as an example. Okay. When I bought my house going on 10 years ago, I purchased the home for $390,000. That was $40,000 more than I was willing to spend. Mm. My wife fell in love with the home fell in love with the neighborhood. And I'm so grateful she did because we have made an amazing life for ourselves in the neighborhood we did. And we have amazing neighbors who are now some of our closest friends. Mm -hmm. Shout out to all of the Barrington (laughs) Estates uh, uh, friends that we've made over the past decade. Those that are currently still there and those that have moved away. But no, um, so we we were buying the home for 390. If I put 20% down, it would have wiped me out. Mm -hmm. I'm talking Nothing left in 401k, nothing left mm-hmm. in savings. Like, it would have crushed me. So we didn't. We put 10% out. We put down $39,000. But what I realized is that this was our second home. Our first home was furnished with nothing but hand-me-down furniture mm-hmm. or college furniture. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the stuff that we bought from couch. Craigslist. Damn. Yes, mm-hmm. for $20 or, or even before Craigslist. You remember the the uh, pieces of paper that mm-hmm. you would hang up yeah, in the and student union? Yeah, and you'd just rip off and the tags. You'd, you'd yeah. rip off the tags. Yeah. yeah. So like that was what our furniture like was. That's what we had from when we left college, when we got married. The two apartments in Atlanta, the one apartment in West Palm, and our first house in 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 the Greater Orlando area. Mm-hmm. Well, if I moved into this new house, kind of our quote unquote long term forever house, I wasn't going to have enough money to put twenty percent down and try to furnish it properly. Mm-hmm. And this new house was a lot larger than the than our starter house. So what we did is we put 10% down. And then I had this conundrum. Ooh, do I pay monthly mortgage insurance or do I not? Mm-hmm. Well, as a lender, I priced it out. And I realized that I could pay monthly mortgage insurance, at which point my monthly mortgage insurance would have been $171 a month back then. By the way, mortgage insurance, PMI, has gotten remarkably cheaper mm-hmm. in the past 10 years. Okay. Remarkably it's probably the cheapest it's ever been. Um, now it's still risk graded, right? So if you have poor credit, you're gonna pay more and more, mm-hmm. more monthly mortgage insurance. And if you have great credit, and if you have a 85% loan to value versus a 97% loan to value, mm-hmm. then you're gonna pay a lot less with the 85% loan to value than you will the 97% loan to value. So there's still risk pricing that's in there, right. but it's much cheaper. Mm-hmm. Like for example, I put 10% down and paid a higher factor than some people are paying uh, with five percent down, right? It's just a good example. So no, so I had this this crossroads. Well, do I put ten percent down and pay one seventy one a month, or back then let's say rates were four and a half percent, and they were somewhere mm-hmm. in that ballpark, or instead of doing a four and a half percent rate and paying one hundred and seventy one dollars a month in mortgage insurance, I chose a rate for four point seven five. But that rate with four point seven five, it came with no monthly mortgage insurance. Oh, so you pay a higher rate, but you got rid of the. PMI. Yeah, what what happens when you take a higher rate than what the market rate is, your lender on the back end, not your loan officer, it's illegal for your loan officer to make more money by giving you a, a higher rate. Mm-hmm. But the lender ultimately could make more money on that. But instead of the lender keeping that money, they use that money to buy out your mortgage insurance mm. on your behalf. Right. So whether that's a lender paid policy, or it's a borrower paid policy, at which point we just give you a credit at closing, to, to buy it out, no different than how I said the seller could give you a credit, the builder could give you a credit, or the lender could. I chose that route. Because even on a 350 ish thousand dollar loan, a quarter percent 
was something along the lines of $48 or $68 a month, PMI was 171. Mm. I ran the math yeah. and the math made more sense for me to take the higher rate, go with no monthly mortgage insurance mm -hmm. and, and rock out all day long. Nice question for you. Kind of so, a, and oh, real sorry, quick, and then good question. Oh. And then the, to, to sum it up, because I only put 10% down and not 20% down, that $39,000 that I, I saved, mm -hmm. quote unquote, because I didn't put it down as a down payment, I could now actually afford at least living room furniture. Right. I could afford to not have to drain my 401k. Yeah. You know, I, I could afford to purchase the home, put 10% down, still keep some cash reserves, and not have to solely move into my brand new house. It wasn't brand new, but it was a yeah. pre-owned home. Yeah. It was new to us. Mm -hmm. I could move into it and have new living room furniture. Mm. And for the first time ever in my life, a flat screen TV. The year was 2011. Damn. That was my first flat screen TV. If you, if you go back, I think flat screens became a thing in like early 2000s. Yeah, correct. So, but I, I couldn't afford one back then, so I didn't buy one. Yeah. So for the first time ever, I bought a flat screen TV. There you go. So like that, that's where I could get creative with PMI. And I wasn't one of those people like, oh my God, PMI is evil. I can't pay PMI. I got to put 20% down. It's like, no, you don't have to. Right. You can choose to, but please know that there are other options. And I am going to answer your question. And then I'm going to dive right into how we can get really creative from a wealth building standpoint nice. for the right people. But you nice. had a question. Uh, kind of two part. I'll try not to butcher it. Part one, what percentage of like loans usually do um, companies that offer PMI have to dip into? Like what percentage of loans like where people actually do miss payments and it, like the insurance does kick in? Like what percentage would you say? Like That is a fantastic question. And I literally just read this mm -hmm. and I, don't, I cannot remember if it was an NBA's news link which is a daily email that comes from the Mortgage Bankers Association, shout out to the NBA, mm -hmm. um, where it's industry update. And they have links to articles written by by dozens of other uh, publications, or if it's in Rob Chrisman. Mm -hmm. So shout out to Rob Chrisman, who was actually at the NBA conference. You and I missed him. Mm -hmm. I was hoping maybe we could grab him and, and have him hop on and do an episode with us, but um, our paths never mm -hmm. crossed yeah. in that manner. Right. But I think it might have been in, in Chrisman's daily blog that you can subscribe to. It's a daily email that you get. And Rob Chrisman's a, a, a thought leader in our industry and a, and a 30 plus year veteran. But they answered your question very few. Mm -hmm. Dude, those mortgage insurance companies look up their financials, they are killing it. Mm. killing it they are literally printing money right yeah like i mean like imagine like little wayne dollar right, dollar yeah, bills yeah, yeah. like just um everywhere actually little wayne's not dollar dollar bills i think that's the guy from uh, east eastbound and down yeah. but nonetheless yeah. like it's it's okay. So, okay. very few there are very few claims right. being paid out by pmi companies okay next question does bar um, let's say you are a borrower and you do miss a couple of payments because, like you say, life happens. What happens? Is it similar to car insurance? Like you get in an accident and then your insurance goes up? Or like how? Dude, I love these questions. And I, I love them because I know how sincere they are. Yeah. Like, like I, we, we didn't prep this. This is John right, Coleman right. really wanting yeah. to know. No, I guess that's the beauty of it. Your PMI is your PMI is your PMI. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, oh, shit happened. I missed a couple of payments. Oh, well, you know, next yep. month it's, still. If it was 171 a month, it's 171 next month too. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, because PMI essentially is protecting the lender from when you go into foreclosure. When you go into foreclosure and we as lenders have to have to kick you out of your house and then take over your property and then resell it. Hmm. All that insurance policy is doing is saying, hey, XYZ mortgage company, if you truly lost money on this transaction, then we're going to help you 
cover a portion of your losses, mm. not the entire loss, right? So if we wrote a loan for $300,000 and you defaulted on it, they're not going to just give us a check for 300 because we're going to recuperate some of the money when we sell your property, right. but we're going to incur attorney's fees. What if you flushed a bag of quick Crete down every yeah, toilet, yeah. you know, you stole all the plumbing cause it's copper, a copper, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, uh, metal and you wanted yeah. to recycle it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but no, it doesn't, it doesn't go up the way it would if you got a DUI or you went out and you traded in your, your, your Toyota Camry for a like, Ferrari and like, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Last question is, um, damn, what was that? It was a good part of that. Um, oh, I forgot. It'll come back to me. All right. When it comes back to you, then, then let us know. Right. Let me jump on my FHA, uh, soapbox for like a minute or two. Okay. All right. Because there are a lot of people throughout the industry, whether they're buyers whether they are sellers, i.e. realtors, builders, or loan originators that are like, oh, we FHA is terrible because the mortgage insurance is forever. Mm. So three things on that. FHA mortgage insurance wasn't always that way. Uh, FHA mortgage insurance is currently that way. It's true. And it very well is not going to be that going forward. It's going to be interesting to see what the current administration does as well as the policies that are made with the current people who are put in place at HUD, at FHA, et cetera. But here's where I need you to open your mind and think realistically, utilizing historical data and just freaking common sense. Mm. The person who is obtaining an FHA loan typically is buying a home. For the most part, that's their starter home or their first home. Not always. FHA is not a loan program that is only for first-time home buyers. This could be your third or fourth purchase. Mm. FHA is a great loan program for people that fit the need of, of FHA. It's three and a half percent down. They tend to allow slightly higher debt to income ratios. They tend to not penalize as much for average or even slightly below average credit the way that a conventional loan will. So there are many very good home buyers, responsible adults, mm -hmm who an FHA loan works well because maybe life happened. And when life happened, they had a bankruptcy just a couple years ago, or, or maybe they had a foreclosure four years ago and conventional financing won't look at them, but they're good people. They have make good income and they're responsible. FHA loan fits the bill. Maybe they're married, but their spouse had their credit wrecked due to a divorce, not their own fault. Hey, Ex-wifey went cray cray mm -hmm. and absolutely just trashed the 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 the, the credit of yeah. the of the married when the the marriage was mm -hmm. dissolving right. So we can't put the spouse in the loan. So we're trying to qualify just in in the the, the new person's name, and the debt to income ratio is fifty two or fifty three percent. Conventional won't allow that, but I can run that loan program through automated underwriting if I get an approval. FHA will, right? So there's just certain things that where FHA just makes more sense. Mm -hmm. But I promise you that person who gets an FHA loan, even if it is their third property, once they've been in it for three years, and let's say in this case, they had a, a bankruptcy two years ago. FHA is cool with that. Conventional lending is not cool with that. Once they get to the four year mark, they're going to refinance into a conventional mm -hmm. loan in order to remove the, the mortgage insurance. Mm -hmm. So the thought process should never be, oh, don't do FHA because the mortgage insurance is forever. Like think of a first time home buyer. Most people in general are only going to have their mortgage for seven years. Yep. It used to be five, mm -hmm. but with rates being so low, with everything we've learned after the great recession of 20, 2007, 2008, mm -hmm. people tend to stay in their homes for longer. 
but you're going to own that home for seven years. So you're not thinking about, oh my God, this, this mortgage insurance is forever. No, this mortgage insurance is until I have gained enough equity that I can refinance out of this loan mm -hmm. and into a loan that doesn't uh, have mortgage insurance, or this mortgage insurance is up until I realize that this home no longer suits my needs and it's time for me to sell it, yeah. take my proceeds, roll it into a down payment for the next house right. and move forward. Mm -hmm. So I've never bought in the concept that we shouldn't do FHA loans because the mortgage insurance is forever. Because to me, that's just not realistic. It's not using common sense, nor referring to historical data right. based on how consumers behave. Well, that's similar to like saying like you're going to keep your mortgage for 30 years. No, you're not. You're either going to move or refinance before the time. Correct. Yeah. We, we, we did a show, I don't know, a month or two ago called Arms Aren't Evil. Yeah. Like that is something that I'm seeing more and more today. The pricing on a 10-year arm is so advantageous and attractive. I'm shocked that not more people are looking at doing and originating and obtaining a 10 year home, a 10 year arm mm -hmm. for their purchase, because you're not going to be in this house or this mortgage mm -hmm. for seven to 10 years. Typically, typically you're not going to, you're either going to refinance it, you're going to pay it off or you're going to sell the home that is going to happen more times than not. And versus the person who keeps the same exact mortgage for 20, 25, or even 30 years. Yeah. The only people who ever keep their home for, for, for their home loan for 15 years are those that get 15 year fixed mortgages. Mm -hmm. And even those people tend to pay them off in 12 or 13 right. or sell them right. or refinance out of them. Yeah. But yes, that's a, a, a very good point to make. Mm -hmm. All right. So last, but definitely not least, because this is what I teased the episode with. Okay. You could get funky. You could get creative with mortgage insurance. Like I shared the story about how I got creative with mortgage insurance because I realized that at 31 or 32 years of age, my wife and I were still rocking our college furniture <laughs> yeah. that I didn't want to deplete my 401k and I, and, I, and I wanted to keep cash reserves and I didn't want to wait for that new living room furniture and that new flat screen TV. So I chose to put 10% down and not 20% down. Mm -hmm. What if you're uber savvy? Like you really are into wealth building, wealth creation, leverage, OPM, other people's money. Yeah. What if you could afford 20 to 25% down? You got the money, you got the cash, like high five. Mm -hmm. But what if you only put 5% down? That doesn't make sense to us. And if I have the money, I should put it all down. Okay. Like even when you're borrowing at 2.75 to 3.5%. My interest? gut tells me, no, my gut tells me if I can afford it, I need to put the full 20% down and avoid putting PMI as, as much as possible. Even if I can introduce you to a 10 year arm at 2.25 or 2.5%, John? Uh, what? Talk to me. No. Okay. I got your <laughs> yeah, attention yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Now you might not like arm cause arm may freak you out. But what, once I realized that John, you're probably going to have this home either sold or paid off because John, your, your youngest is 13 years old and seven years from now, your youngest is a sophomore in college. Is this home really the home that you want to be living in when your oldest is graduating from college? Your youngest is a sophomore in college. Probably not. And if so, are you really going to, at that point in your life, still want a mortgage or you don't want to have it paid off? Yeah. Right. So we had those conversations, but I'm talking about PMI on this episode. Mm -hmm. So once we get through the particular loan and how cheap rates are, I'm going to start asking you, John, let's say you didn't put 20 or 25% down. Let's say you just put 5% down. Mm -hmm. And let's say your mortgage insurance was going to run you somewhere between 150 and $200 a month based on your loan size. Okay. That's 200 bucks a month times 12 months is $2,400 a year. 
And yes, because you're only going to put 5% down, you're going to, you're going to pay some interest Mm -hmm. right on that money that you otherwise wouldn't have. But John, what if you took that 50 or $60,000 that you were going to use for down payment? Maybe it was 75,000, maybe it was a hundred thousand that you were going to use for down payment because your sole goal was, I want to avoid mortgage Mm -hmm. insurance. I do not want to pay PMI. It is evil. What if you gave it to your financial advisor? I know you. Yeah. What if? Yeah. Look, I'm not a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. We've had several on the show, yeah. right? Shout out to Kay Scholl. Shout out to Todd, mm-hmm. Rob Farragher. Mm-hmm. Um, I even shout out to Caleb Chapman, who is my financial advisor. Like, I'm not, a, but I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah, Mike Sue over at Northwestern yeah. Mutual. What if you sat down with one of these guys or girls, mm-hmm. and you said, "Hey, what if I just gave you a lump sum of seventy-five thousand dollars right now?" whatever the dollar amount was based on your scenario. Mm -hmm. Can you show me based on a 6% average rate of return, an 8% average rate of return, and a 10% average rate of return over the next seven or 10 years? How much money would I have? How much money would I have? Now, I am assuming that you are going to be comfortable with the payment because not everyone's going to be comfortable paying 200 bucks a month Mm -hmm. or not everyone's going to be comfortable knowing that instead of financing 400,000, they're now financing $475,000, that extra $75,000 that they're financing at a 3% rate, <laughs> right? It's still going to come with with a, an extra payment of roughly 70 bucks, right? So you are probably going to pay an extra $270 a month on your mortgage, right? $75 is, is going to be principal and interest because you're financing more and $200 is going to be the PMI, which by the way, the PMI we can remove. By the way, you're not paying PMI probably for the full seven or 10 years that we're talking about. You're paying PMI for best case, 24 months, worst case, probably 60 months. Mm. So it's not like it's all, but DO, I'm paying 200 bucks a month for the next 84 or or 120 months. That's seven years or 10 Mm. years. It's like, no, realistically, you're probably going to pay for the next 30 to 60 months. Mm But it is 200 bucks a month, which is $2,400 a year right. times that by three years is 70, whatever it ends up being eight. What's uh don't, 24, mm. <laughs> $7,200. Don't, don't ask me. <laughs> okay. But you, you, you're picking up what I'm putting down mm-hmm. here. But what if you took that extra 15% that you would have put down mm-hmm. and you yeah. gave it to your financial advisor? Made the market work for it. Two things are going to happen. A, you're way more safer and comfortable because that money is liquid. That money is liquidatable, meaning when and if life throws you a curveball, you can pick up the phone, call your financial advisor and say, oh my goodness, this just happened. Mm-hmm. At which point your financial advisor can gain, give you access to that capital way quicker than you could ever go to your home mm-hmm. to access it. Mm-hmm. Like think about how do you access money out of your house? You just go to the ATM and withdraw it. Yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. You have to get a loan. Well, if the catastrophic event that happened in your life was a car accident that left you disabled and you can't go back to work, mm-hmm. how are you going to qualify for a loan with no income? Mm-hmm. So in this case, PMI was not evil and PMI was an evil necessity mm-hmm. for a way for you to protect yourself against future life events and potentially even gain wealth because there's an arbitrage. Arbitrage is going to be the difference or the delta between what you're paying and what you're earning. You gave your financial advisor 75 grand instead of putting that 75 grand as a down payment. And now that $75,000 is accessible, right? Meaning you can gain access to it within one, two or three days just by making a phone call. And it's earning you on average Mm -hmm. income, money. It's growing. Now, yes, does the market's 
Are they volatile? Did they go up and down? Yes, they do. But look at what they've averaged over the past 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. Mm. What is the stock market averaged rate of return over the past 50 years? 10%. Right? What is the market average over the past 20 years? That includes the massive crash mm -hmm. of 2007, 2008, 10 plus percent. So if you have your money invested, diversified, professionally managed, and it's earning you 8%, I guarantee you, you're going to build more mm -hmm. wealth over that seven mm -hmm. to 10 years, especially if you're able to get your PMI removed. Mm -hmm. Then when you get your PMI removed and you're saving that 200 bucks a month, gangbusters, as you would say, that's an extra $200 that now you can add to the 75 that you originally invested right. when you yeah. bought the house. Right. These are thoughts that I think more people should be having. These are ideas that mortgage loan originators should be able to articulate mm -hmm. to the consumer. Mm -hmm. These are thought processes that home sellers and, and, and realtors and builders who support that real estate community should also understand, be able to acknowledge and have a conversation on. That's great. Hey, at a minimum, do you think we made some people say, hmm, today? I think so. Yeah, we dropped a little bit of knowledge. We did some basic training, mm -hmm. right? Just, just, just the basics. We dispelled a couple myths and we got really geeky here at the end. Yeah. You all can hop online. You can play with financial calculators all you want. Like go to your friend Google and type in investment calculator. And it's so fun to just throw in, if I started with 50 and if I added 200 bucks a month or $2,000 a year, what is my, my return if I'm averaging 6%, 8%, 10% over five years, seven years, 10 years? It's really cool to watch that money mm -hmm. grow. And it's really cool to understand that potentially, even if you have the money, just because you can. Doesn't mean you should. Doesn't mean you should. There may be a better alternative that at the end of five, seven, 10, 15 years, you would end up further ahead mm -hmm. of the wealth building game mm -hmm. than this thought that, oh my God, PMI is evil and I have to avoid it at all cost. Right. Because it's not. That was great. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, mm -hmm. thank you for tuning into the Loan Officer Podcast. Please, if you like what we're doing, share us, comment, subscribe, give us a five-star review. If you would like to see us do certain episodes, let us know. Hit us up. Yep. Again, we are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We are on LinkedIn at the Loan Officer Podcast. We're attempting to get good with TikTok. Yeah. We are launching a website, or we currently have a website, depending on when you're listening. Mm -hmm. It is tloponline.com or theloanofficerpodcast.com. Mm -hmm. You can watch us on YouTube and you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere that you find podcasts. He's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owen, and that's all the time we have for you today. Deuces. Peace.